I'm Chara Santilli. I was born with ambition. My parents were entrepreneurs and I pushed myself to be high school valedictorian, class president, most artistic, and most likely to succeed. The summer I turned 19, we celebrated my dad's 50th birthday with a hot air balloon ride. A crash landing left him with a broken neck, me with a broken heart, and my mom coping through alcohol. My relentless ambition helped me become a successful entrepreneur, yet my own private paralysis and overachiever addiction ruled me. I finally ventured on a quest for my best life. I found the path of my inner peace, how to stay on it and how to show the way for others. Now it's your turn. Ready to take that load off your shoulders? Join me so you can cherish your life. As we're nearing year end, I have been reflecting back on so many wonderful experiences I've had this year and all the gifts and lessons they brought me. If you've been following me for a while, then you may know that a few months ago I participated in a speaking competition. And today I want to share what sparked my decision to enter because the way I made this decision is the way that I am trying to make most decisions in my life these days and the way that I've been, um, that I work with clients and and help them to, to be able to make decisions. Plus, there were some surprising gifts that came from the experience. And so I want to share what those were because I think there's some great lessons in there for all of us. So I had heard about the competition through a post by Selena Sue inside a private Facebook group connected with her Impacting Millions publicity course that I'm a member of. That month, I wasn't really spending much time inside Facebook groups, yet I happened to follow an internal nudge, what I kind of refer to as a whisper inside me one day, to go look inside that group specifically. And at the top of the feed was a post about this inspirational speaking competition. What jumped out to me the most was the large, bold word on the image that she shared um, along with her note, but the image had this big word that says impact. And it had the, because that was the theme of this competition. And as I saw that word, I immediately thought of the phrase bracing for impact, which happened to be the phrase that came up during a huge aha moment last year when I was doing EMDR therapy. In case you've never heard of it, EMDR stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing. It's a psychotherapy based in neuroscience that enables people to heal from the symptoms and emotional distress that are the result of disturbing life experiences. And in a future episode, I'll tell you more about my experience with EMDR because I highly recommend it. I did six sessions and it really supported me in healing at a deeper level around the trauma of my family's hot air balloon accident that happened when I was 19. I'd already done a lot of work over the years to heal at many levels related to that experience. Yet something happened last year that uncovered a new, deeper layer of healing that was ready to come to the surface and, and be addressed. And what showed up was the realization that my body was still bracing for impact in a lot of ways in my life, even though the accident had happened 27 years earlier at this time, because this, this was last year. Basically, 
When I was 19, my brain had wired a coping mechanism of extreme physical tension as a response to just about any stressor in my life, thinking that it was protecting me and keeping me safe because at that time it had a, of the accident, it had appropriately responded to the terrifying crash landing by having my body literally hold on tight and brace for impact. The problem was that this became a patterned behavior for me, even for little life challenges that were not even close to being life-threatening. Fortunately, EMDR helped me to recognize this and rewire my brain so that I could further transform the ingrained belief that nearly every challenge I faced required bracing myself because it doesn't. So for the speech, this instant idea came to mind along with a really strong pull, like this magnetic feeling I had like that I should be signing up and participate. And that came from a place inside me that I associate with my inner compass, which always leads me to the best next step, shows up for like a whisper for me. And I have an entire lesson inside my program, Busy to Balance, where I teach how to listen to your inner compass because it is that important. It is really getting in tune with how to be able to trust ourselves more because that is really, I have found that to be one of the most instrumental skills uh, that I have um, developed. And learning to do that faster and more frequently has allowed me to shape my life so that I enjoy it more fully and experience much more peace of mind on a regular basis. So a few weeks after I signed up for the competition, I had an epiphany, thanks again to listening to my inner compass, my inner voice, intuition, gut, whatever you want to call it. And that this epiphany made the creation of my speech so much easier. I realized that I already had a version of my story that was about the length of the speech requirement, and it fit a lot of the criteria that they wanted. So I could start with that and then edit it as needed to fill in the content criteria and weave in the thread of the theme around impact. So the more I trust myself and lean into the flow of my life and listen to these little moments, these little ideas, these little whispers, epiphanies, that are, you know, aha moments, that the more things pop up that help me along the journey. I've found that over and over again. This is just one very specific example. I rehearsed uh, my speech with my husband as well as over the phone with my dad. Both my dad and Don were pleasantly surprised that I was so willing to receive their feedback without getting defensive and then actually implement most of their suggestions. In the past, especially with people closest to me, especially dad and my and Don, I definitely was more stubborn and less open to listening and taking advice. Uh, it was refreshing for all of us to see how much I'd grown since I've been dedicated to my personal development and shifting my mindset and working with coaches and improving my communication skills. And um, so that was that was really a special part of the experience. I'm not gonna lie, it wasn't it was not 
easy for me to do the first live run through for my dad. I held back on really tapping into my emotions because it was uncomfortable for me, especially since what happened to him was a key part of the story. I mean, the accident happened to all of us, and yet he was the one most directly affected by it with becoming, you know, it breaking his neck and becoming paralyzed. He helped me get past my, you know, my inhibitions, I guess, or, or is that the right way to say it? You know, he, he helped me get past being uncomfortable and, and tap being and encouraged me to tap into my emotions. He lovingly called me out on it and he encouraged me to dig deeper into myself and draw out my, you know, really how I, how I remembered feeling at the time of the events I was talking about. So I practiced and sent him recordings and we'd talk about the latest versions and the entire process was extremely cathartic for both of us. He told me later that this was the first time he'd really heard all the details of the accident. We both cried a lot. And by the time the final round of the competition came and went, I honestly felt like I'd done the equivalent of like 30 therapy sessions because of the intensity of practicing while tapping into the emotions of the memories. I got a little taste of what an actor must feel like, you know, when they need to connect with their emotions on command and get into a role. And I tell you, it's intense. My nervous system totally got triggered for a few weeks. Yet I knew that this was an experience that felt right for me to do. I wasn't chasing it. It kept pulling me, pulling me through it. In a meaning it, um, you know, I, I wasn't running after this achievement. There was something, I just knew that it was a, like a little side path of my journey that I should explore. I remember feeling very vulnerable and excited to share the video online. The outpouring of support felt so good. And honestly, it helped me heal even deeper. I reconnected with people from my past, and I also had people who barely knew me reach out to say how much I had inspired them by sharing what I what I did. That was so validating because that's really my hope with everything I'm doing here. I want to share my stories to inspire others to make changes in their own lives. Soon after I submitted my video for the first round, I was really excited to find out I'd made the top 10. What I was most proud of, though, at that point was that I truly felt unattached to the outcome. I remember going into the top 10 reveal call and feeling at peace no matter what happened. I'd already found some gifts from the experience, and I was in a place emotionally where it did not matter whether I made the top 10 or not. Don't get me wrong. Yes, I wanted to make the top 10, yet I knew that I would be okay either way. Going into something I'd put so much time and energy into, feeling that way, that detached way, 
has not always been something that's been easy for me to do. It's taken a lot of practice and inner work for me to be able to fully invest myself into something while at the same time being okay with whatever happens, because that's really a key piece of feeling good in our lives and feeling like we're doing things for the best reasons for us that actually bring us true inner satisfaction. And so we aren't just chasing things that seem like they might make us happy that ultimately are the things that don't turn out to make us happy. So being able to invest myself fully yet not be attached to the outcome, that was a big deal to acknowledge, especially for something at uh, like this for me because of the way I think I would have felt in the past. There soon turned out to be a few more unexpected gifts and opportunities coming my way. A local friend I'd reconnected with this year, Stacey Allegro, is an excellent writer and used to be a professional public speaker, like on the circuit and traveling around and had her own speaking coach and and the whole bit. You know, I've done some speaking over the years in my life, but she did this like on was on the road for for a number of years. Well, she came over and worked with me on a new version of my speech with that would that I would present live virtually during the final competition. And we had a ball working on it together. It was really fun. I learned a lot and um it just was a it was a great experience. I love collaborating with people and getting into a zone with them where you're both just playing in a creative zone. It's it's really super fulfilling. So that was a really wonderful gift. And then I also reconnected with a college housemate Kristen, who was there for me right after the accident happened. She was one of the people, I mean, she, I literally lived, we lived in the same house. There was four four of us that lived in a house uh, my sophomore year right after the accident. And that was one of the most challenging years of my life. She helped me access another deep layer of healing in the fact that we had reconnected around the time of the speech, because there's something about connect, reconnecting with people who were there for you and with you through some tough stuff. And you just, you, it, I don't even know how to put words to that. Um, it, it's really meaningful to be able to have connections like that. And it was really another gift for me to to connect with her in this way and, and reminisce a bit. And I think both of us heal a little bit more around our own stuff that came up in connection with these memories around family, around that time of our life, you know, the whole thing. So I placed fifth during the live competition, which was awesome. And here's the thing, though. It was really interesting to notice what I felt at that time that the results were announced. I had a quick moment of disappointment in not placing in the top three because the top three 
would receive prizes and be going on to compete in a Grand Slam competition. So I was really going for the top three. But literally within a few minutes, I honestly felt really happy and relieved when I did not make the top three. And that was a new experience for me. To be happy, I didn't quote unquote win. I know that the top five is something to be very proud of, and I am, but I can guarantee you and be honest about the fact that the Cheris of a few years ago would have been really crushed at not making the top three. I used to really chase external achievements, thinking that somehow they would make my life better, make me feel better, and if I didn't achieve them, it would be very crushing. This experience showed me how far I've come in how I relate to things in my life and how I don't let that, you know, let those supposed measurements or milestones um, have control over me the way they used to. I was also reminded of how I'm human and still have plenty of more inner work to do because the next day a friend shined a light for me on the fact that I had a hidden expectation of myself connected with this experience. So although I was really honestly okay with not being in the top three, I, I, in, in fact, I remember one of my friends that night was really stunned because she remembers, I mean, she remembers how I used to be and she, She even told her husband how shocked she was that I wasn't upset. And I think even, I think I even surprised Dawn because I was truly fine and honestly just in a really good space. So anyway, back to this, it turns out I did have a hidden expectation that I'd not identified. I had expected that if I was in the top three, then I must or should, you know, like there wasn't a choice basically that that I must go compete in person at the Grand Slam six weeks later. Even though that honestly would have been too much for me to commit to during that time, given my other priorities and commitments, it really would have, I would have needed to create a new speech, practice, rehearse, get comfortable with, memorize it, uh, you know, then travel there, do the whole thing. I mean, it's a huge commitment. And I really, truly didn't have space for that, especially with my commitment to having more balance in my life and doing, basically living my life much differently than I used to. So my friend, this next, the, the day after the competition reminded me that had I placed in the top three, I actually could have declined going on further. And when he pointed this out, my mouth dropped because it honestly had not occurred to me that was even an option. Yet he was absolutely right. Ironically, I have an entire module inside my Busy to Balance program about hidden expectations because they are so important to uncover. And even though I help shine a light for others on their own expectations, and it's part of the work I do, and I've done much, uh, grown 
much, I mean, in, in a lot of ways in my life where I don't have as many expectations. And when I do, I identify them quickly, usually. But here's an example. I don't always see some of my own. So it was really interesting because the way this came about was I was like, I was telling him, I'm kind of relieved I didn't get in the top three because boy, that would have been a push. I don't think, you know, I I, I don't, I don't think it it would have been really that smart for me to, to, to try to do all that. And he pointed out, well, it doesn't matter if you made in the top three, you, you didn't have to go on and do the next step. And that's a choice. So I was like, oh my God, duh, you're absolutely right. So more opportunities for growth and, <laughs> and a reminder that I am human and uh, I, I'm still doing all the work myself. All the work I help people do, I'm still doing it too. So while I didn't win a trophy, I was rewarded in so many ways. I practiced trusting myself, listening to that inner voice and making decisions based on that. I gained deeper connections with my dad, with my husband, with my friends, my online community. I experienced healing for myself at a deeper level. And because I put myself out there, I inspired some others to, you know, just start kind of looking at some things about their life. And I was able to detach from an outcome. And then I uncovered that sneaky hidden expectation that reminded me how there really is always a choice in everything we do, especially when we assume there isn't. <laughs> so that that was a key. If, if ever you catch yourself feeling that something is very absolute, black and white, like you have to do something, it's, it's absolute, it probably isn't hidden expectation in there about you or someone else or a circumstance. And you probably do have a choice in the matter. And it, it's, it's, it's really interesting when you start uncovering this stuff. Before I share the closing quote for today, let me share that I was so bummed at the number of quotes I found that I did not agree with. No wonder we are needing to spend so much time deconditioning ourselves from the messaging around what success looks like and how, quote unquote, winning is everything. There was so much that I just, oh my gosh, I don't agree with so many of the messages out there because it's the old drumbeat around you know, basically around winning is everything, don't be a loser. I mean, that's not a quote, but I, I that's practically is what some of them were saying. And so it's no wonder that I've needed to seek out personal development and coaches and do so much work over this last decade. And it's no wonder I'm helping people find their own new definition of success because our society has... Um, conditioned us to to think that it's a certain thing and we're finding that it's really not bringing us happiness and lasting fulfillment and it, it just isn't and it's certainly not peace of mind so to have anyway that was just a little aside at my little shock when I was looking up quotes around success or winning and and uh, redefining it 
And real quick, if you haven't already, check out my free training at cherisyourlife.com forward slash free training. It's a short video with a great lesson that may support you on your journey in finding more balance and more joy in your life. So my closing quote is by Arthur Ashe. Success is a journey, not a destination. The process is often more important than the outcome. I hope you're enjoying my Cherish Your Life podcast. If this is supporting you in any way, please review, subscribe, and share it with friends and family. You can follow me on social media at Cherish Your Life, and my website is cherishyourlife.com. Yep, my name's unique. Here's an easy tip for you to pronounce and spell it. It's like the city, Paris, but with a CH. Special thanks to my dear friend, Paul Suyelgis, who enhanced and mixed the musical track. Little did we know back in college in the 90s, while my then boyfriend, now husband, and I listened to Paul riff on his guitar, that he'd be helping me decades later give a creative touch to something called a podcast. <laughs>